Hello, and welcome to an episode of Cat the Baker. I'm Chef KB. I have had a very interesting couple of months. Obviously, in December, you know, I had a breakup, which was a big deal for me. And it changed quite a few things for me, because part of the reason I moved to Aspen was a big part of this relationship. But I'd also noticed that a lot of what I did the last nine, 10 months since I've been living in Aspen, like I've unintentionally separated myself from other people, mainly because, you know, it was a long distance relationship. I wanted to be there at 8 p.m. to talk like every night. But in doing so, I isolated myself from other people. You know, 8 p.m. is prime time. So I wouldn't go out. I wouldn't meet other people. Basically, the last couple of months, I've been doing the opposite. I've been meeting so many people. What I love about Aspen is that it's a very international town, which really surprised me, mainly because Aspen is so small. There's so many hotels and restaurants, but there aren't enough local workers to work in all of these places. So these restaurants and hotels, they get people internationally to work. So all the people I've been meeting have rarely been from the U.S. or the area, and most of them have been from all these other countries, which has been so cool. And there's so many cultures in this small town. I've also been on like 10 ski dates. No joke. Aspen is a ski town. I get it. Most people that live here get a free ski pass from their work, which is great. And I enjoy skiing. I enjoy it maybe once a week. And that's fine, but some people do it every day. No joke, because if they go a hundred times in the season, then they get a pin. And this is a big motivation for people to go every day so that they can get a pin. <laughs> when people ask me to go out, they usually suggest to go skiing, which I'm like, okay, yeah, I'll go. And when I started out in the season, I was maybe like a five out of 10 or four, probably a four. And now I'm about a seven, like I'm, I've gotten pretty good. But still, when somebody suggests, oh, do you wanna go skiing? I'm like, uh, yeah, let's, let's go. <laughs> like roll of the eyes. No, it's fun. It's just funny that that's the thing to do, you know? And I mean, there are four mountains and they're all connected by a bus and it's easy to go and, and it is a lot of fun. But I always feel this pressure. This is like work because they wouldn't ask me if they were bad at skiing. So they go down all these super steep hills. And of course I follow and then I sigh like right before this super steep hill. And I say to myself like, what the F, <laughs> you know, like basically just hoping that I make it through, but I have gotten better. But considering of how good these skiers are, then um, I still have a long way to go. I have the best group of friends. I'm sure everybody says that about their friends, and that's great because it's important. I have a small circle of friends and they're here for me no matter what. I took a trip to Moab in Utah and I met with one of 
my good friends. And it was so nice. It was so nice to laugh and just spend that time with each other. I mean, positive reinforcement. We went to Arches National Park, which is so beautiful. We arrived on the perfect day. The skies were blue. We went the wrong way on a hike and ended up kind of a dead end looking down at a canyon. This vast canyon of huge rocks and space and basically you could just jump off of it if you wanted to die. But it was this beautiful, perfect day. It wasn't planned. It just was. And we did the most ridiculous things to take funny pictures and we could not stop laughing. We made it to the Delicate Arch, which is one of the most beautiful arches in the park. And we ended up climbing the wrong way up to the arch. So instead of the normal path, which we had already gone the wrong way, we went like the back way, which is kind of scary because on one side of the arch, it goes straight down and the rock is super smooth. It's this um, sandstone. So we climbed up. And I have a thing with heights. Like, I'm okay at climbing up things, but when I go down, I tend to freak out a bit. But luckily, I wasn't going down. I had to go up. But just the thought of that mountain behind me going straight down totally messed me up. But I was okay. We made it to the top, and we took some pictures that were so funny, I could not stop laughing. I think my laugh echoed through the whole canyon for like 30 minutes. I was on my back laughing. I don't remember the last time I laughed like that. I was crying. My stomach was hurting in the best way possible. It was just so good. And I was so thankful that we could meet my friend. She met me from Flagstaff, Arizona. And then I drove from Colorado and we kind of met even though she drove a bit further it was kind of in the middle but it was such a beautiful place it was exactly what I needed you know I'm okay I've had terrible things happen to me that are much worse than what happened to me which was a breakup and I was listening to this podcast which is it's called the positive mindset podcast on Spotify so good it's only like 20 minutes, sometimes 12, and it's very short. Sometimes I want it to be longer, especially on drives. It was so interesting. It was saying when things happen to you, when people do things to you, you're not the victim. Like you can choose to see yourself as the victim or you can choose to see it as a positive thing, a new beginning. Basically, he was saying it was done for you, not to you. I had a tough time kind of dealing with that sentence, that phrase, because when bad things happen to us, typically we see ourselves as the victim, you know, and if it's repetitive, like in relationships, if similar patterns happen over and over again, we think, oh, why me? Like, why is this constantly happening? And I think it's very important to see it in a different way. Whatever happened, happened for you. You know, you have a choice to see it in a positive way. Basically, you saw this person's character basically better now than later. You know, you saw 
this person's true colors of who they really are. Now it's your choice to decide, you know, do I want to continue to be abused? Do I want to continue to be treated in this way and disrespected? Or you have a choice to step out of that and find other people who respect you and who want to be with you and who want to listen what you have to say and spend time with you. So it was really positive and just enlightening. Spending that time with my friend, it was just very necessary. He was also saying how the external world is a reflection of your internal state. So if you are a hurt person, if you haven't dealt with your issues, then you're gonna hurt other people, which makes sense. If you are a happy person internally, then you're going to exude that externally. And I just love how we have a choice in ourselves of how we can be, how we can come across to others. And he was also saying that anything that causes changes is a gift. You know, if you never have to change anything or if everything's good all the time, then you're pretty comfortable. You never have to step out of that comfort zone. But when you're being tested or when somebody's hurting you, then that causes changes. But anyway, back to Utah. And then we continued on to Canyonlands, which is right next to Arches National Park. It's very similar to the Grand Canyon in a lot of ways, but we went for the sunrise. It was so beautiful just to see the sun coming out and changing that whole canyon. It was so memorable. And then the last day we were there, we hiked in Moab and it was like this back road. It's um, the Corona Arch and it's this huge arch. But to get there, you have to basically climb on these rocks. There's a part where you have to go uphill. So we were like climbing up, holding on to this chain link, you know, getting up the hill. And we made it there in time for golden hour. So this arch was so golden and huge and we were just laying under it looking at the sun setting it was so memorable and beautiful you know when moments like this happen i take a hundred pictures because it's so beautiful and for me that is a memory you know but when i just look at the picture like that it's not as beautiful as i wish it were you know but in my mind it is i wish pictures could translate how it is in my mind Maybe then I wouldn't have to take thousands of pictures because <laughs> basically that's what I do. I just take so many pictures. There's so much beauty, you know, and I love, that's what I love about being here on the West Coast. There's so much beauty and not that many people compared to the East Coast. So you never feel like it's overcrowded. And I love that I'm just a few hours drive away and my scenery is completely different. I wanted to thank everybody for listening to my podcast. It takes a fair amount of time, especially the editing part, because sometimes I do tend to ramble on. But I wanted to start it because I had a lot on my mind, or I guess I always have a lot on my mind. But I'm passionate about what I do. I'm passionate about the kitchen and pastries. And I'm passionate about through what I've done and what I do to hopefully inspire other people in life or in the kitchen. You know, my stories, they're real. I feel like because of the things I've done, the places I've worked, the risks I've taken, I've become a stronger person and I face my fears. 
when I'm scared of something, I intentionally stick with it or I intentionally go to challenge myself. I don't think that's a typical thing that most people do. But for me, it is, I don't want to be stagnant. I don't want to be numb from any type of fear. And of course, you know, we all have fears. But I've been seeing so many listeners from different countries from around the world, you know, through my podcast service. And I'm excited to see, you know, I have people listening from Nigeria, from India, from China, from Europe, a lot of people from the UK in the area that I grew up in, a lot of people from the places I've lived, including in Germany and Switzerland as well as New York and LA and a few people from Flagstaff. I feel like it should be more at this point, but I'm just saying. But I'm excited, you know, that people are listening. I hope there's something that has been inspirational for you and will continue to be as you continue to listen. I'm not sure where the podcast is going because I'm just having a good time doing it. And it's important for me to have a different kind of outlet. You know, I work a lot in the kitchen and especially you know, holiday season, there are long hours. This past weekend, it was President's Day weekend, and it was so crazy. Basically, I worked all day, went to bed, went back to work. Okay, granted, I did go out for um, a concert. It was a, it was happening at Silver City in Aspen, which is also a karaoke place on Mondays. <laughs> for those of you who know me, Yes, I love karaoke, but I used to host karaoke back in Flagstaff. It was after I got divorced, I moved to Flagstaff because my mom was there. And for those of you listening, you already know this, but I needed a job and I needed to make some sort of money. And I looked in the newspaper. Yes, it was newspaper. It wasn't online. I'm old school. But it said there was a karaoke job, a karaoke listing. And I thought, wow, that's interesting. You know, it had an hourly rate. And of course, tips were coming from the night that I was doing the karaoke. So I went around three bars in Flagstaff, all three different bars, and would host karaoke. You know, I would do it. I'm like, oh my God, I got another night of karaoke. You know, it was it was like something that I was annoyed with because I was looking for a pastry chef job. I was looking for something that I had studied in. Meanwhile, I'm doing karaoke. And it's funny because in the moment, the jobs that we have, maybe we're not happy with, or maybe we're waiting for something better or different. But now I look back and it's a funny story that I hosted karaoke. And when people see me singing karaoke, they understand, you know, <laughs> in that moment, I was so impatient and I'm trying to really appreciate even the weird jobs I've had. Yeah, and I was thinking the other day, yeah, I did this karaoke job. It was fun when I was doing it, and it kind of fits into the performing arts, you know, even though it's, it starts at like 9, 10 p.m., and I'm doing it till 2 a.m. And it was so funny because the people I would meet, obviously there were a lot of regulars. Not everybody likes karaoke or... A lot of people feel that they have to get drunk to be able to sing in public. I don't. <laughs> Actually, I'm the opposite. I don't really drink. 
I remember this woman, and I don't know what she was going through, but she wanted to sing a song. It was like a ballad. I forget which one, but the song was like over, and she was still singing a tune, like the last note. And I was trying to finalize the song, saying, "Okay, everybody, give her a round of applause." And I went over to her to get the microphone, and she was still holding that last note, and she was like crying as she was doing it. And it was so awkward because I had to take the microphone from her. And I'm like, <laughs> all these bars where I worked were country bars, and I didn't know anything about country music, but I learned real fast because everybody wanted to sing country. But I thought of that the other day, how I was so impatient and wanted something different, you know. But now, as I've been meeting people, and I go out for karaoke, and I go out. To these local bars and see local performers and bands. By the way, last Saturday I saw the Fuzzheads. They performed their band from Denver, and they performed in Aspen, and they were so good. They performed for three hours, two guitarists, one bass, one drummer, and they were so good. They gave everything. They gave like 150%. But it was a rock band, and uh, yeah, it was amazing. But I'm excited, you know, that I get to meet all these different people and have all these different experiences. Basically, these previous nine, ten months, I have been used to doing things by myself, which is okay. Like I'd rather go out and do something instead of wait for somebody to maybe do it with me. I'm not opposed to doing things by myself, but I've noticed that that has been the biggest change the last couple of months, and I've really enjoyed. Just opening up, and I've also noticed that men in their twenties really like women in their forties. Which who knew? I didn't. <laughs> That's something else. Also, something you know, when Chef Jeremy Sicardi was here in Aspen, we spent some time talking about opening up a business, and it's something that's been on my mind. For a long time, there's always that risk and that fear. It was so interesting talking to him about it, because we went out to this one location in town. It, they had breakfast. They had breakfast and lunch, and it was good, you know. But everything in Aspen is a bit higher in price because everything, first of all, has to get imported here. It's four hours from Denver. That's kind of, in, you know, it is in the middle of nowhere, pretty much. It's surrounded by all these mountains. It's a bubble in itself, and so the food here, when you go out to eat, is expensive, even more expensive than in New York. You know, New York is a good place to compare because I wouldn't say New York is cheap, but they have some of the best food in the world. You can find any type of food there, but it's so competitive. Here, there's not that many. Good restaurants because I guess it doesn't have to be, but everything that you buy is very pricey, you know. But I was thinking it would be kind of cool, you know, to have my own thing. What if I did open a small donut shop? You know, I remember in Flagstaff when I worked at the cafe, there was Donut Day, and I made over three hundred donuts just for that one day. I had vegan donuts, I had French crullers, I had churro donuts. Which came to me one morning in a dream. I'm like, oh, I should do churro donuts and name them churro nuts, <laughs> you know. But I have all these ideas, and I've always had all these ideas.、Um, but I think the risk has always been that initial 
money investment, you know, and but I was thinking, yeah, why not? Why not open my own place? And maybe that's my next step. I don't know at this point. I'm kind of just putting it out there. Like a week ago, I went out with a friend of mine in town. She is very like she could talk to anybody, which I think is a huge skill. You know, I don't want to talk to anybody. I could probably if I wanted to, but I kind of I don't know. I don't I don't want to. And but she can talk to anybody in any given situation and she'll just go for it. So we went to this bar and she starts dancing. There's this huge like area, nobody's kind of dancing, and she just starts dancing and these guys look at her and they were back at a VIP table. So she sees them and she like walks over to them and she just starts talking. Next thing I know, she's drinking champagne at this VIP table. And this table, they have bottle service of champagne and it's like a $2,000 table. I walk over there and now I'm drinking champagne because, you know, she started it. <laughs> so I meet this gentleman who has a few businesses in, in, in Aspen and the Valley. And he starts giving me all these business advice. You know, I start talking about this donut shop that I've been thinking about. And anyway, next thing I know, I have an appointment to speak with him. And he basically wants to give me advice on how to start my own thing, which how weird is that? You know what I mean? I feel like my mom would always say, if you're supposed to do something, if something is meant for you, you cannot avoid it. I thought of that, you know, when this was happening. But I think it's important if you want to do something, you know, kind of let it digest and think about how it makes you feel and then just put it out there being like, yes, this would be great. I want to do this. Start the process for whatever it may be, you know, so I have to kind of write a business plan and really think about how I want this donut shop to look. So we'll see, you know, next to the podcast, next to working, <laughs> like I don't have enough projects, but we'll see. I'm excited because in the last couple months, I feel like I've just opened up more. I don't know what the future holds, but I know I feel positive about it. That's the biggest thing. You know, in the next couple weeks, I'm traveling to New York to visit my friend Waimuru, who's having a baby shower. Two times a year at the hotel I work at, there's a seasonal closure. And for April, they're remodeling the hotel. So basically, I'll have a month off, and I've booked a ticket to Japan. There are a few places that I really want to visit, and one of them is definitely Japan. I love the food. I love the culture. Their food is very traditional, and it's based on traditional perfection. Everything is done the right way for centuries. And you do it this way because this is the best way. You know, and I really appreciate that in the sense of the food. But one of the biggest reasons I want to go is to experience the cherry blossoms. Last year, I visited Washington, D.C., because they have all these cherry blossoms around the capital, and it was beautiful. But of course, these cherry blossom trees were gifted to the U.S. from Japan. And um, I thought, well, why not just go to Japan? So I'm going to visit these temples, see the cherry blossoms, eat all this amazing food. So I'm super excited to then eventually do a podcast on that, on Japan. And then from Japan, I'll also fly back to Arizona 
so what happened was when I decided to go to Switzerland, I put all my stuff in storage that I had, which, you know, it's a lot of stuff because I have all these kitchen things and hobbies and cookbooks. So I have a storage in Flagstaff, which has been there this whole time because first of all, I didn't even know that I would be in Switzerland for a year, like because of COVID, that all happened. And then from Switzerland, I got a job in New York. So I moved straight to New York without coming to Arizona. So basically all the stuff I have is still in storage. And I'm finally, after Japan, going to empty it all out. And I'll be driving through Monument Valley to drive up from Arizona to Colorado. So I just feel like I have all these things coming up. It's a lot, you know, storage, I think, is going to be hard because I have so many things and pictures from my mom there, too. But I'm excited. You know, this has been a big part that's been looming over me, this storage thing. But I feel good about it because there's so many things in there, too, that I don't need anymore. You know, yes, I'm a saver. I save things because of how it made me feel or the memory. I save too much. I know that for sure. But anyway, what I'm trying to say is I feel positive about the future in the next few months. It's funny because when I moved to Aspen, I'm thinking, yeah, I could see myself in Colorado for a while. And maybe I will be, maybe I won't. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not tied to a place I'm tied to my emotions. I'm tied to how something makes me feel, you know, doing this job or my passions or what I want to do. You know, the thought of maybe having my own place is exciting. I just feel like that would be super creative. Like I said with Chef Jeremy, we were talking how I work in the back of the house. Oftentimes you just hear negative things about... We could have done this or that better, but it's also good to hear positive things. And the positive things you don't hear about because nobody complained. It was good, right? So I had to do an audit the other day and I had to, I had to eat in the hotel restaurant. The food was so good. You know, I was super just happy with the service and the staff and the cooks. It was super good. Everything was delicious. And being in the back of the house, you don't really know what's going on. Like I said, you just hear the negative things. So I do miss that connection. I miss the connection with the guest, the customer. And it's funny because I was asked the last couple weeks to go out in the mornings when we serve breakfast at the hotel because that's one of the most busiest times. They call it touching tables, you know? So I've been going out with croissants that we bake in the morning and just talking to people. And it's actually been nice. It's been nice to connect with the guests. There's repeat guests, obviously, when they stay more than one night. Most stay about two to three. But I met this guest and he... He was super happy to meet me because I had done other things for him. Like for Christmas, I made these gingerbread cookies and he was so thankful that he got to meet me. So he said next time he visits, you know, he'll stop by and say hi. And, and it's nice to, again, have this relationship with the customer. 
When I worked at the cafe in Flagstaff, I got to know a lot of the locals. They would talk to me, you know, and, and want to know certain things about certain pastries or give me ideas for other pastries, you know, and, and the same regulars would come over and over again. And that's what made the place so popular. But that's why I enjoyed working there it was, I think, a large percentage. First of all, I got to be creative and I got to make whatever I wanted. And secondly, I got to connect with the customer and really get to know the local community. So I think, yeah, maybe that is a right time for me to start something because these two components are something that I could do if I had my own place. We'll see. It was funny too in Flagstaff, you know, I got to meet a lot of the local people living there and Flagstaff is a mountain town, much like Aspen, but you have a lot of people from all over, you know, Phoenix, Arizona, it's hot. And Flagstaff is that one area that's high in elevation and is completely different from the rest of Arizona. But there's a lot of seasonal work, you know, so you have people that have different jobs throughout the year just to make money. But I remember that when I first moved to Flagstaff, I was used to LA. I was used to a big city. I was kind of judgy, you know, I would drive through Flagstaff and be like, what, like, what is there to do here? But then I got to know the locals and started speaking with the locals through karaoke. And then I realized, wow, like there's so much to do here. And that's kind of what I'm seeing with Aspen too. You know, you gotta give the town a chance and meet the people. It's been a really good vibe. I'm a big fan of doing different things, not because they're different, but why not? You know, so people who know me know that I pole dance. And when people hear that, they're like, what? Like, what do you, you pole dance? <laughs> And it's funny how it started. For me, it's a stress release, like any exercise. Pole dancing is exercise. It's an athletic sport. It's actually one of the first sports ever. And it started in Asia. When people start saying, oh, you have a stripper pole. No, it's a pole. It's exercise. It started because I went to, I went to this aerial show that was on Halloween in Flagstaff. And I was invited by a friend I dressed up as a witch. I had a green face and a hat. I was like full on witch. I even like blacked out a couple of teeth, you know, so to make it look extra gross. And basically they did this laughing competition where they said, we need, you know, the funniest people with the funniest laughs and just do like a laughing competition. And whoever wins will get a ticket to a free pole dance class. Anyway, these people start laughing, they start going on stage, and they're terrible. I'm like, what? Like, how are these good laughs, you know? And a friend of mine was like, you go, like, you go. I'm like, no, you know, no, just, I'm sure somebody else will show up and be good. They didn't. So this other person came up, again, terrible. And I'm like, okay, I'll go up. <laughs> so <laughs> I went up on stage, of course, I have the witch outfit, you know, so that helps as well. So I'm in character, you know, I have a good, like, prep for this witch thing. So I start laughing, and it makes other people laugh too. So they start clapping, and then a friend of mine gets up, and he starts laughing, and basically it's between the two of us. I ended up winning. I won for the best laugh 
you know, so I got the prize, which I think that's like the first time I've ever won anything. I never win anything. So I won that and it was for a free pole dance class. And that's how I started pole dancing. You know, first of all, I was so impressed by this aerial show. You know, they do silks, they do pole. It's an aerial center in Flagstaff. It's called Momentum Aerial. And I went there for five years. I never had my own pole. I would go to class once a week, sometimes twice a week. And I had the best instructor. Her name is Beth. And you can find her on Instagram at polioaz. The first pole class I went to, there were like three other people. And basically, the less you wear, the better. You know, I'm not talking being naked here. I'm just saying you wear a top, but it's typically sleeveless and like shorts, you know. And basically, the more friction you have, you know, with your skin on the pole the more successful you will be, especially starting out. The first thing I had to do was climb this pole. And I'm like, what? Like, how do I climb a pole? And these other people in the class, which I didn't realize, but this has been their, the second round that they were doing this class. And all of a sudden they knew how to climb. And I'm like, what? Like, I don't even, how do I lift my body up on this pole? And I thought, no, this is not for me. I can't even... I can't even climb the pole. How am I gonna do this? You know, and it was super hard. It's all core strength. So after that first class, I felt so embarrassed and so self-conscious that I'm like, okay, I don't think this is the class for me. And I went home and I got really upset. I cried, you know, my mom asked, how was it? And I was so upset because I'm like, I can't even climb the pole. And she's like, well, this is your first class. You know, and I was like, yeah, but these other students, they could climb it, you know, and I didn't know this was the second time around they did this class until like the next time I went. I was like, no, I'm just self-conscious about like my thighs and I don't feel comfortable doing it. And she's like, okay, just go one more time. And if you don't like it, then you can still choose not to go. So I'm like, okay, fine. (laughs) So I got like, you know, better kind of shorts and... And I went again, and it was then that I realized, oh, like these people, it took them a while to be able to climb the pole. You know, they couldn't do it on their first class either. Okay, so I don't have to climb the pole on class one. And uh, and then I stuck with it for five years. It was just a really good stress release. So the thing is with pole dancing, you know, your skin has to stick on the metal pole and the skin gets pulled so you get a bunch of bruises all the time beth the pole instructor would say take a wooden spoon and basically hit yourself (laughs) so that your skin gets used to it you know it's like i work in the kitchen so i'm always handling hot food hot equipment you know and my hands are used to heat things that would be super hot to somebody else are fine for me and that's the same with pole dancing. You know, you, you basically are supposed to kind of desensitize your thighs, hit yourself with a wooden spoon. And it does work. It does work. But the more you do it, the more you pole dance, the more you get used to it. But initially, it is, it's very hard and it's very painful. 
because your skin is just constantly pulling on this pole. But at the same time, now I know, and obviously the more you do it, like with anything, it's gonna be less sensitive. But that's how I started pole dancing. And now I have my own pole. It's just something I do. I've been doing it more often recently because I also, for me, it's important to do exercise and something other outside of being in the kitchen, just because the days are long. And if I don't get to exercise or do something outside the kitchen, I'll get grumpy. I'm generally a positive person, but I do tend to, if I don't have the right outlet, I will get grumpy. So I do body pump outside of work. I go swimming. Um, I've been doing some more yoga classes and pole dancing. So I've got a full schedule <laughs> all the time, but this is typical me. You know, um, it's almost like if I don't have a full schedule, then something's really wrong. I feel like it's important to recognize what has happened, you know, the last couple months with me, but I feel, I just feel positive and I feel like I'm evolving within myself as well as my desires and my goals. The more I think about having my own place, my own donut shop, like that's super exciting to create the menu I want to create, to meet regulars in town, to just build a next step. And I realize, yeah, maybe I'm just one of those people that I can never not do something, you know, and maybe that's frustrating too to be in a relationship with me because I'm always looking at the next thing whatever that may be. I guess more this episode is just about me seeing that I'm okay. I've had more life-changing things happen. I guess a breakup in the scheme of things is pretty small, but it is meaningful, you know, when you think you're gonna spend the rest of your life with somebody. I mean, that is a big change. But I guess I just wanna say, change is always a good thing. It's always going to be challenging, but at the same time, that's exciting. And I'm just seeing that, especially meeting other people, going on dates, whatever. I am a confident person. My confidence is attractive to other people. I have a lot of stories. I have a lot of life lessons. And I guess if I can bring that across and share that through this podcast, help somebody or give somebody ideas, then that's always a positive thing. And also, if you have questions for me, you know, you can always write me or write me messages on either my YouTube, which is Kat the Baker, or on my Instagram, which is at Chef KB. That's K-A-Y-B-E-E. You know, but if you have certain questions about the kitchen, about the industry, or even about life, you know, I'm open to answering that and maybe even doing a podcast about questions that you might have for me. I really enjoyed doing the interview with chef Jeremy Sicardi, and I'm planning on doing more interviews with other chefs. I think it's exciting too, to see, you know, different chefs lives and how they got to be in the kitchen, which more than not is always really unplanned. You know, my mom would always say timing is everything. And it's funny because she always had the wisest words to say. Like, why is it that moms always have that? And especially now with her being gone, I'm so appreciative 
of the things she would say. At the time, I would like roll my eyes and be like, okay, like, you know, I feel like you have to say these things to me because you're my mom, right? Like, but now, yeah, she was right. Like timing is everything. And the same in life, when something happens, you might see it as negative in that moment, but then long-term, it ends up being positive. You know, like people say, everything happens for a reason. Or where one door closes, another opens. That's life. If you're dealing with something that's hard, or if you're unsure which path to go on, just ask yourself, what are you excited about? What turns you on? What ignites you? Like I was speaking with Chef about in the last episode. You know, and don't be afraid of that. Don't let that inner voice, that inner negative voice, push you away from something because of fear. And also, I've been listening so much to this Positive Mindset podcast, which if you if you have a moment, check it out. Like, it's really, it's so good. I want to thank you again to my listeners. And my downloads have, like, tripled in the last few weeks. So thank you so much for listening. And again, if you do have questions for me, or maybe even podcast ideas or something that you want to know more about, then just reach out to me. I'm Chef KB, and this has been an episode of Cat the Baker. Please follow me on Instagram at Chef KB or on YouTube at Cat the Baker. <laughs>